This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Over 9,000 retail store locations closed their doors in 2019, which is about a 40% increase from the total in 2018, that according to CoreSight Research. And the expectation is that those closures will continue in 2020 because of the greater impact of e-commerce. Will that once again be part of the story this year, or are you going to see unique changes, like Forever 21 potentially being bought out by a pair of mall property owners? Will we see a brand like Victoria's Secret being sold off by its its parent company, L Brands. There continues to be a whole host of questions as to how the retail sector is going to react this year. Herb Kleinberger is an instructor here at the Wharton School focusing on retail, and he joins us here in studio. Good to meet you. Thank you for coming in. Good morning. It's good to be here. I think the irony here is we're doing this on the heels of Macy's now announcing that they're going to close 125 stores over the next three years. 2,000 corporate jobs are going to, going to be lost in this. And so this story, doesn't matter who the company is, continues to filter through. Yeah, the beat just keeps going on, right? And it's going to continue, unfortunately. Uh, we were in a situation here in, in the U.S. retail market where we were overstored for a long time. We, ha- we had a lot of building going on, a lot of retailers expanding with very marginal concepts that weren't really well differentiated, and, and they got away with it mm-hmm. for a long time. Amazon, of course, came along. Consumer shopping behavior started changing with mobile technology. And all of a sudden, the, the collapse that really uh, was inevitable got accelerated, and it pushed us over the edge. And so we have seen a lot of closures, and we're going to continue to see more. Well, and I guess if you think back a couple of decades, there really was no way for all of these mall owners and builders to see this oncoming tsunami coming their way. No, there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of excitement and, and growth, and um, the, the feeling was if I could just open another store in a new market, I could drive growth. But on the margin, those stores weren't contributing. Yeah. And the consumer just kept seeing the same old stuff. And at the end of the day, it was a race to the bottom on price as promotions accelerated and consumers didn't see anything differentiated in their, in their stores. The numbers from 2018 to 2019, I mentioned, significantly higher. Yep. Is it fair to say that that pattern might continue in 2020 or was 2019 just a significantly worse year for the retail sector? No, I think, unfortunately, we have a ways to go. And, and we're already off to a brisk start in Q1. Uh, we, we've seen Pier 1 announce uh, closing yeah. 500 stores. Forever 21, who you mentioned, of course, is even though they're going to likely come out of bankruptcy in some form, it'll be a much smaller footprint, and they will have closed many stores as part of that. Macy's, uh, you mentioned, just announced yesterday. And by the way, as Macy's goes, so go a lot more malls. Just don't forget, as as the department stores close those anchor locations in those malls, those malls become less exciting for the consumer to, to, to go to. And so that has a self, uh, you know, that, that is a downward spiral for those centers. Well, and it's much harder for that size of a mall to fill the bigger corner store than it is to, to fill a smaller store kind of in the middle. And you can call them anchors for nothing. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, and, and unfortunately, the anchor's weighing them down exactly. as well on, on the back end. Uh, we're joined by Herb Kleinberger, who's an instructor here at the Wharton School focusing on retail. I, so looking at a couple of those instances that I, I just mentioned, Forever 21 that is so unique. When that store story came on the on the wires, it caught my attention because I hadn't thought about Aeropostale, which was a couple of years ago. It was really the first time I had thought about a mall owner saying, "Okay, 
we want to go buy this entity because we know that it has some value to what we want to do with our with our overall operation. Yeah, look, uh, there's a couple of things going on with Forever 20. First of all, they've been out, they they were the most successful in, uh, company in the fast fashion sector for a long time. You could argue Zara was maybe a little bit better business model, but Forever 21 was the darling and and the fastest growing company in the segment. And they built bigger and bigger stores in more and more locations over a very short period of time. Yeah. The, the problem is fast fashion moved out of favor. And you mentioned Arrow. You could have mentioned American Apparel or Claire's or Charlotte Russe. Yeah. Uh, the list goes on. The whole fast fashion segment really cratered as consumer decided that disposable fashion wasn't in vogue anymore. It didn't meet their needs. Disposable fashion was cool for a while, but then people started thinking about, well, what happens after you dispose of it? And, and yeah. it, it goes into a landfill, by the way. Yeah. And that wasn't a feel-good thing anymore. And so consumers have shifted uh, their spend to other segments of the fashion market, and the fast fashion business is slowing down dramatically. And so you've got Forever 21 sitting there in the, in the crosshairs, Owning a lot of space, big space, in, in big malls around the country. And yeah. the, land o- the mall owners uh, w- will suffer another major blow if they allow all of those stores to go down. So you could see their interest is aligned with Forever 21 to try to keep those stores open. The problem is going to be, what's their strategy? You know, yeah. w- what are they going to do differently? Right-sizing the business doesn't change the consumer's acceptance of the product and the offer. You still got to do something different to attract them. And I'm not sure we've heard yet what that's going to be. So then when you hear the potential of a company like L Brands wanting to sell off Victoria's Secret, which obviously has had quite a run over the last couple of decades. But again, the mindset around Victoria's Secret is is changing from the consumer. No question. The consumer is pushing back on on that as they shift to different uh, products in that category that are more acceptable to their tastes and values. And that's been going on for a while. Uh, plus, the you know the whole marketing strategy of Victoria's Secret really doesn't have the same cachet anymore to today's yeah. consumer, and so that's sort of dated. And, and um, as a result, the, the business has been slowing down. To no a, question. To a degree, have they been hurt uh, by the the mindset of the consumer, but also the Me Too movement? Oh, I, I think I think there's a lot of factors driving that business in, in the direction it's going, unfortunately. And spinning it off uh, could create value for a while. I, I think at the end of the day, they have to reposition the whole assortment in order to attract a different customer. What's going to be then the future for the mall owner? I I mean, so much property. And we've done a variety of of stories on on this channel in in the last year or so about how they're trying to tweak malls to have different kind of mindset, different type of mix of, uh, of entity. You know, some are, are changing parts of their, their mall into apartments so people could live there or hotels. And you know, it, it's just a unique dynamic that some of these mall owners are trying to go through right now. Yeah, I mean, it used to. The, the mall was built around the idea that uh, they could be entertaining destinations that were very, very convenient for the shopper because they could make one stop, see everything there, and and uh, meet all their needs. The problem is, you can't. That you you have too many other choices now that beat that for convenience, yeah. uh, especially online. And so, the the value proposition of the enclosed mall has has lost its way, and as a result, they're they're just not so compelling anymore. I I don't see if. Uh, even with a lot of redevelopment going on, I just don't see the strength coming back. If you look at the retailers that are really successful right now, the brick-and-mortar ones, yeah. they're off the mall. You know, Ulta, yeah. um, Target, Walmart, uh, Costco. You know, More in the strip 
the strip yeah. center, yeah. The power strips, the strip centers, the urban centers, absolutely. So th- then that takes me back to Macy's for a second because that was one of the things they mentioned in noting that they were going to be closing the, these stores, that they were going to potentially look at smaller locations in strip centers. Now, that will take the consumer by, I think, by surprise in doing that. But the question is, does the business model work in a smaller store than compared to what they have now? Bingo. I, I think you hit a great question there. I mean, it's a good real estate strategy, but is it a good, a compelling consumer strategy? Will yeah. it resonate with the What are they going to sell? True. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other part to this also, it, it, e-commerce has been a huge element to this. But now you have even pieces of the Internet of Things, which are being able to affect sales. Yeah. And so now you're throwing in, I guess, another layer onto the troubles that, that these retailers are having to deal with. Yeah, and the technology is going to continue to evolve. I mean, the, the disruption that we're seeing in the market is fundamentally a technology-driven one yeah. that's hitting at the same time a consumer shift, and so it's a double whammy. But, uh, yeah, Internet of Things will, will drive change. Um, it's going to help brick-and-mortar retailers, actually, in some ways, because they're going to be able to track inventory and customer movement and get more information that their analytics can use to be more effective to drive better assortments and, and better marketing. And that'll help them, I think, in some ways. Downside is it could offer alternative channels of distribution that make it harder to compete with. And one thing we haven't even touched on at this point is how AI is going to come in and and have an have an impact on this as well. AI is going to is going to find its way throughout the entire retail value chain. There's no question about it. There are thousands of decisions retailers have to make every day about pricing, promotion, placement, product, and as a result. Um, they, they, they punt on many of them. With yeah. AI, they can be much more precise. How has the, the, the change in, in payment systems impacted retail as well? Payment is a big, big trend right now. You go to China right now, nobody has cash in their pocket. They're all using Alipay, you know? So uh, that'll happen here as well. We're moving a little slower because of some of the barriers and, and uh, technology in the way of, yeah. of consistent acceptance at the retail level, but it's it's going to happen. It'll it, change behavior. Is that a generational thing? Do you think maybe here to a degree? Because I know I'm I'm of the mindset. I used to be a person that liked to have you know have that cash in my pocket when I when I was walking around. Now I'm more reliant than ever when I go to a local convenience store of going on my smartphone and using Apple Pay. There's no question. And and as mobile has become more pervasive and the apps more secure and people feeling more confident about the choices they're making with forms of payment, uh, they've started using it more and it's going to continue. But that security still is a number one issue for all of these businesses to make sure that they don't have what occurred to Target a couple of years ago. No question. Security and data privacy, by the way. You yeah, know, yeah. Those are the two things that consumers really worry about the most. Yeah. Great having you here. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Thank you. Herb Kleinberger, instructor here at the Wharton School dealing in the retail sector. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.com. 